Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The day of reckoning is here, the biggest moment of the NFL offseason, and some may say of the calendar year, the 2022 NFL Draft is upon us. It is currently a Wednesday afternoon. The first round is Thursday night with the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds in the days after. And not only are we running through my mock draft over at the Draft Network talking some fantasy football impact, but... For our 153 viewers on TikTok, we are doing this episode live for the first time ever. We'll look at some of your questions. We'll look at some of your comments all right here on the first ever live episode of the Breakout Football Podcast on the Believe Network, sponsored by LinkMe. I'm Zach Cohen of the Draft Network, alongside Cole Topham of Chargers Wire in this little box in the corner of the TikTok Live, but he will be here as well. We'll be looking at all your questions, comments, running through the mock draft that I published on Monday, but also I'll be unveiling my new never-before-released mock draft that I literally made 20 minutes ago. There was a few picks I had to update, so I haven't put it on TikTok, haven't put it on Twitter. Nobody has seen this but me. I feel a little bit better about it than when I published on Monday, but Cole has that one up too, so we can compare some of the picks. Before we get into the mock draft, which is just my predictions, is not what I would do. What's going on, dude? What's going on with you? I'm doing great. It's finals week, so if you see, you know, some heightened bags under my eyes, that's the reason Mm. for that. But yeah, no, I didn't pull up this mock draft here just to compare and contrast. Like, this is just to roast your process and see how, you know, <laughs> different it is from the one that you made 20 minutes ago, which is probably the one your heart really, truly desires. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about it, man. I always kind of go just with my gut feeling. Um, so there's sometimes fits that just seem right. Over the years, I've found myself, I, th- I think my number one thing at mock drafts is predicting who takes what quarterbacks so it's just kind of like go off a feeling and coming into this draft I feel like I know who's going to take Malik Willis and while Kenny Pickett feels like a Carolina Panther to me I also feel like there could be a team that kind of comes out of left field so I think you'll see that uh, in my mock draft I did not change that pick so that stays the same but there are some picks especially at the top that I changed. So let's get through it. Quick little talk a little bit about uh, some of the picks we grouped together. And then we will do, we'll talk about the fantasy impact. Uh, Not much fantasy impact through the first five picks. I will say Mm -hmm. that at number one, I'm still sticking with Trayvon Walker to the Jaguars. I think that's who they're honed in on, which makes number two that much easier. The Lions taking Aiden Hutchinson. So those two picks stay the same. I feel pretty good about those. As good as I can, because this is an uncertain year. Number three is where I changed things up. In my Monday mock, I had Ahmad Gardner. Some of you may know as Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. I changed that pick. You want to guess who I changed it to, Cole? All right, I'm guessing an offensive player if you're saying fantasy implications here. Well, who? Name a name. (sighs) They, They could go wide receiver here for sure. Um, I feel like I feel like you didn't hand him a quarterback too early to take a running back or a tight end. So I feel like it's a wide receiver. And I feel like you went with Drake London here. 
Jeez, I'm a little disappointed. You really think I'd take a receiver? I'd, I think that Texans will take a receiver at 30. I, I only thought you took a receiver purely based off of fantasy implication. No, no. I stuck with cornerback, but I made a oh. Derek Stingley Jr. Okay, so you just you basically just switched the the franchise cornerstone at at the at the secondary in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not much fantasy impact there. I mean, I guess if you really wanted to get technical with it, then every team that the Texans play now suddenly maybe it's a little bit tougher of a matchup. Like, oh no, is AJ Brown really going to play that much worse? Probably not. Uh, Chef Umans in the comments, because again, we are simulcasting this live on TikTok, says, you're doing a mock right now. I am doing a mock right now. We're talking about it, fantasy implications of it all. And that's really it for the first three picks. Nothing crazy there. Number four, I also changed things up. This one, I, I really feel like I'm taking a big of a risk with this one because I just can't, I can't think of anyone else I'd want to put here. I considered Ika McQuanu. The, the tackle from North Carolina State for the Jets, mm-hmm. which would obviously help Zach Wilson maybe down the line in Dynasty, but might not have an impact this season. I went with Jermaine Johnson, the edge from Florida State. What do you think about you had that? Yeah, Thibodeau in, in your old one, which I think I, I kind of like better. But mm-hmm. I, I think Jermaine Johnson from, you know, like from an off-field standpoint, like Jermaine Johnson hasn't done anything <laughs> – wrong this season or this offseason to really lower his stock and that is a bit unfair to, to Thibodeau I feel like a lot of his press has been a little bit unwarranted because I think he is like a very powerful you know speed to power rusher but he's not just that but uh he's still there's there's a lot of development here right and you mentioned head coach you know Robert Sala is a defensive minded head coach and you you feel like he would be the guy to unlock Thibodeau's full potential I think Jermaine Johnson, though, he might be a little bit more, um, you know, polished as, as an edge rusher at this point in time, which is mm-hmm. if, if the Jets really want to start, you know, building a competitive defense now, then maybe that's the, op- the option that they take. Mm-hmm. So my first four picks, Walker to the Jaguars, Hutchinson to the Lions, Stingley Jr. to the Texans, Jermaine Johnson to the Jets. Five and six, I would say, might have some fantasy implications. Uh, the Giants, I have taking Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. He could probably play guard as well. Um, that could help Daniel Jones, perhaps. Andrew Thomas was a pretty solid option along the left side of the line for the second half of last season. So I think you put Neal there. Maybe that boosts Barkley's stock. And then the Panthers at six, not a quarterback, Ika McQuanu. Another offensive tackle from North Carolina State. So what do you think about the fantasy implications with two of those picks? So you got the Giants with Barkley, Panthers with McCaffrey, both uncertain at the quarterback position, instead opting to fortify their offensive line. That's what I think will happen. What are your thoughts for those? I, I don't know. For some reason, the Panthers just seem indebted to Sam Darnold for some reason. <laughs> and uh, like they had the opportunity to kind of groom a quarterback under – Darnold last season they didn't choose to go that route they went with JC Horn um, with Justin Fields on the board and so this this season I don't know I just feel like it's the it's the same thing they're still got Sam Darnold on her center still got pretty good weapons that he can throw to um, you might as well try and keep Darnold upright until next draft when you can when there's probably better options at the quarterback position um, to uh, to pick especially when I don't really see this roster rapidly improving from their record last season so they'll probably be picking if not the same spot or higher next season Mm -hmm. as long 
as Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones are the quarterbacks of these two football teams, I, I find it hard to really uh, get excited about all the fantasy options, let alone McCaffrey. Um, with that said, we are obviously big DJ Moore fans, but for him right. to continuously be placed in quarterback purgatory really stinks. But I don't think Carolina finds their quarterback of the future in this draft, so I think it's just another offseason of wondering – where the hell DJ Moore could go um, in a year or two when he inevitably wants to escape this hellfire, right? right. Uh, a couple questions in the comments, by the way. Luke Wilms says, Cowboys about to trade up the grad. Kayvon, I do think Kayvon falls. And then user numbers says, Saints are going to fill the left tackle spot. User numbers, uh, I think we are on the same wavelength here uh, because I do have the Saints filling their left tackle spot, but you'll have to stay tuned to see which player. Uh, moving on to seven. This was a new one. I, this doesn't have any fantasy implications, so we don't have to talk too much about it. I have the Giants going Sauce Gardner. I think they may want to move on from James Bradbury. Uh, the Falcons are an interesting one, though, because they very they have been mostly mocked to take an offensive player. So I have them going cave on Thibodeau. I have Thibodeau falling to eight. Uh, but not taking an offensive player. Let's hypothetically speak here, my man. If they take a receiver, how would you value them in fantasy? I don't know. I don't really feel like I would take a receiver on the Falcons, like very high, especially not one already established already. Like even if it is one of the top receivers, I haven't seen Marcus Mariota throw like a, a football well in, in how many years and especially like this offense I think is significantly worse compared to the one he's coming from from the Raiders so I feel like Marcus Mariota itself like with his rushing ability would have a lot more value than any receiver in this offense even if it one of the top ones like London or Wilson um, Jameson Williams too I think would be a great fit here so that I mean I think the Falcons go best play, player available like you said mm-hmm. in your old and honestly, it probably will be a, a defensive player from my standpoint because if it's anything the Falcons have neglected over the last few years, it's been the defense. So I think you have to build that up before you even think about going the offensive route, especially since um, you traded Matt Ryan a few weeks ago. So yeah. th- that's the way I see it. Um, but which offensive player did you have in mind? I No, I'm totally with you. Like, I think I see them projected to take Garrett Wilson a lot, which, again, is that's fine for fantasy purposes because suddenly he can uh, rack up a bunch of targets, you know, alongside Kyle Pitts, alongside Cordell Patterson. Like, Wilson's more of a true wide receiver in that sense. But I'm totally with you. We don't know what Marcus Mariota not only offers as a quarterback but offers in this system. They may be way more run-focused than they were from Mm -hmm. a year prior when Matt Ryan was dropping bombs all over the field. So now with Mariota, that changes how the offense operates. And maybe they take a receiver. I would expect them to take a receiver at some point. I do expect them to take a running back at some point. I don't think they take a running back in the first. I don't think anyone does. Chef Uman's actually asked about that. Uh, But I do think the Falcons go best player available. Which brings us to their division rival at 16, the Saints, who I think trade up to nine with Seattle. The Seahawks have traded 10 of their 11 first-round picks, 10 of 11 last first-round picks. That's bonkers. I think they do it again this year to the Saints. A lot of people say they might need an upgraded quarterback. I think they move up for an offensive tackle in Charles Cross to fill Taron Armstead's shoes who just departed to Miami. So put a nice offensive tackle on New Orleans. 
perhaps you still get Alvin Kamara relevant in fantasy. Do you think anything really changes whether they draft an offensive tackle or not, or are you still valuing Kamara as a top 10 fantasy running back? No, I, I, I don't really think the consistency of the Saints offense really relied on the offensive line last year. I think it replied, relied a lot on the, the health of playmakers and obviously the health of the quarterback position, the talent there. So I think it, it, it can probably help the quarterback consistency, but the quarterback consistency ultimately comes from how well, you know, Jameis is, is going to play. And if it's anything that we've known in the last few years, I could be pretty streaky. So I mean, I like, I like the Seahawks trading down aspect. I think that's very likely to happen based on the historical evidence that you presented. Um, and I mean, I just don't think this has too great of a fantasy impact when all that, all that consistency is coming from who's mm-hmm. under If you're just tuning in is me, Zach Cohen of the draft network and Cole Topham of chargers wire doing our live podcast. First time we've ever done it live. We're doing it on TikTok. So I see some of your comments. Andrew was not happy about the, the same <laughs> Seahawks deal. Not entirely sure what aspect. Uh, and then my boy Daniel says, put Pitts in the backfield. Oh, man, I'll give him a Debo Samuel role. That would be. And the wide back role for Kyle Pitts. Geez. They could. He's capable of it. That would certainly make him uh, one of the best fantasy values there. Number 10, finally, we got a receiver going. I give the Jets Drake London. I was really reluctant uh, initially to make, predict the Jets taking one, but I think everything that they've tried to do this offense kind of shows their hand that they want a wide receiver. And Drake London in the Jets offense uh, does offer something pretty interesting, right? So if London does go to the Jets, or really any wide receiver, what do you think the fantasy implication is for Zach Wilson? Is he someone you may want to target? How does that offense transform? Yeah, obviously I need to see how those two mesh together. But I think I really like London's fit in this offense, especially as a big target for Wilson. Um, I think Elijah Moore, I don't really see him as that prototypical possession receiver. I see him as, as more of like you scheme him the ball open and let him work in space. And I think he's really good at that. But they need someone like London to, you know, catch the tough balls and be the one to move the chains when it's, you know, third and eight and you really need to hit that that throw at the sticks. I think London is that guy to do that. And plus he offers he's he's basically Mike Evans with Yak, right? So he's a lot more agile than people give him credit for. So out of all the top receivers, obviously you have the the headlining speedster in um, Jameson Williams. You have the premier route runner in Garrett Wilson. And then you have like the big type prototypical possession receiver in Drake London. I feel like that third guy in London fits the best out of all the playmakers mm-hmm. that you could take at this position right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've been saying it for a while now in all our previous episodes. We're both on the Jamison Williams wide receiver one train. Uh, and oh, yeah. That's not to say that London can't thrive in New York, which I, <laughs> I wasn't the plan to do a, a city pun there. Uh, but we can move on to 11, where I have a, the Washington Commanders taking another wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. I considered heavily giving him Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton's an enigma to me. I think you're going to be surprised where I have him going. Uh, but Garrett Wilson and the Commanders, it seems like they are zoning in on a wide receiver or a defensive back. If Stingley or Gardner are there, I think they pulled the trigger. Uh, but it sounds like they really want another wide receiver. Again, not something I really agree with, especially with the depth. And I want to say a quick shout-out to Luke for following. Keep that going on. Uh, but it, does a wide receiver 
really change anything for anyone in this offense. Like Carson Wentz, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin. If anything, it might hurt McLaurin, right? What are your thoughts for Washington adding Garrett Wilson in my mock draft? Honestly, I feel like it helps McLaurin more than it hurts him because I just saw so many opportunities last season where McLaurin was in double coverage. He was absolutely blanketed. The commanders didn't have any other talent to get to the ball or to throw throw the ball to. So they were kind of just force-feeding McLaurin. So it, it honestly might present more one-on-one matchups for him, which obviously he would benefit from because I, I, I like my chances against McLaurin against the league's defensive backs. So especially having like a, a chaotic route runner with Garrett Wilson, especially McLaurin has taken a, a leaps and bounds in his route running craft over the past two seasons. He was working out with Doug Baldwin last offseason in Florida. Um, what, you know, one of the slot gods of our era. So just having two route runners um, that can like, you know, crisscross over the field and, and just be uh, find holes in the defense gain leverage. I think this Washington offense could be, you know, pretty exciting. I, I feel like I would like London a little bit more too than in this offense than Wilson. Um, but once again, I think it all just comes down to how, how Wentz plays and how Wentz can, can feed, you know, Wilson and, and throwing the ball. Ashton.Butler0 asks, what's your opinion on Traylon Burks? We'll get to Burks a little bit more uh, in the mock draft, but you had, you had to give me like one sentence on your opinion about Burks, Cole. How would you describe him? Versatile. I think he can be used in a lot of ways. I think he needs to go to the right fit, though. Like, this guy can't go in day one, line up at the X, get pressed immediately because he spent 95% of his snaps in the slot at Arkansas. Like, Arkansas knew they had a mismatch in him in terms of, like, the athleticism, the combination of athleticism and size. And, you know, the NFL, it doesn't quite work like that because everybody in the in the NFL is big, fast, and strong. So you're going to have to develop some, you know, more skills against press, um, you know, just more uh, more aptness to combat, you know, those those more intelligent defensive backs. And I think Burks needs to take some steps there. But he's, he's scary. He's, he's really scary in terms of the combination of athleticism, size. You know, I think he's one of the best catchers of the football in this class. He, he doesn't really have many focus drops. And everything mm-hmm. that comes his way, he just kind of reels in. Mm-hmm. Speaking of versatile, athletic, scary, right fit, I finally have Kyle Hamilton going off the board at 12 to Minnesota. This is not something – I originally had him going to Atlanta because I think they could go best player available. This was not something I really considered a possibility coming into the mock draft. But after doing some research and really looking at how Ed Donnell's defense uh, would be, he was a former defensive coordinator at Denver, now coming over to Minnesota. They could possibly use a player like Kyle Hamilton, who is just a unicorn on the defense. But no real fantasy impact there. I did have Minnesota initially trading back, but instead I had him stay there for Hamilton at 13. That's where I made my first, my second trade. I had Houston move back with Pittsburgh to take Malik Willis, not changing from the mock draft I published on the draft network, but that's a, that could be huge for fantasy football. Maybe not this season, but down the line, Malik Willis in Pittsburgh, that structure, that culture, that uh, system of development, I love it. I love it. So Malik Willis to Pittsburgh, Cole, are we taking some Malik Willis shares this season, or is this something you may have to put off for another year? 
I mean, that in Dynasty, he's definitely one of the most attractive cases. I think Willis has a really good shot to start his rookie year. I, I'm not sure if me personally, I would throw him to the Wolves, but I think the Steelers, I mean, they have been, there's been so much Steelers, Malik Willis propaganda over this draft cycle. They were all over him at the Senior Bowl. Um, they, they have just been bringing him, him in for, for workouts, for Zoom calls. Seems like they have maintained a very, very close connection with Will, Willis throughout this draft process. So I'm sure he's very high up on our draft board and they think very highly of him. And I think all that bodes well for, especially in a quarterback class where it doesn't really seem like the majority of the league believes in this quarterback class, the Steelers do. And so I think that that can be very you know, beneficial for Malik Willis's path to the starting role in his rookie season where he brings dual threat ability, uh, an absolute bazooka for an arm. And of course, there's weapons there for him to throw. Mm-hmm. If anything, I think people sleep on Deontay Johnson this year because Mitchell Trubisky is an upgrade over Big Ben. Not a huge upgrade, but he's an upgrade. Um, And then you bring in a guy like Willis, who maybe he decides to take off a little bit more than normal and it hurts Johnson, but like the upside, again, is there. So wide receivers who play with great quarterbacks automatically get that bump. I'm not saying Willis will be great, but he has the upside to be pretty darn good. That just may not happen right away uh, approaching the halfway point of this live mock draft on veil on our first ever live episode of the breakout football podcast available on all platforms so if you are watching this right now go check it out keeping the pick same at 14 ravens jordan davis i think they go defense um i think if the right offensive lineman falls possibly they pull the trigger uh but no fantasy implications there 15 philadelphia eagles i got i got something different Originally, I had him going Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington, which, again, I still think it happened. This is a toss-up. Uh, but after recent information coming to light, I have the Eagles doing what I've been saying they should not do. I think they go wide receiver in our guy, Jamison Williams, a speedster, electric, playmaker. Wow. Like, you could use all those type of words. My one concern, and maybe you agree with this, is that we really don't know what this offense is going to look like. If it's the same exact one as last year, which means Hurts didn't develop as a passer over the offseason, then it's like, okay, yeah, obviously Williams is a yak god. He's insane at making plays after the catch. But is his upside capped with a limited quarterback? Like, you would have to think so. So I'm of the mind that Philadelphia should not draft a receiver in the first round, especially with the depth of the class and the picks they have in on day two. But Jamison Williams in Philadelphia, huge fantasy impact, not just for him, not just for uh, Jalen Hurts, but possibly Devontae Smith. So what is your initial reaction to me predicting the Eagles to take Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama? My heart wants him to go to a better situation. This would also mm-hmm. be the third year in a row that the Eagles would draft a receiver in the first round. Which I hate kind it. Of, like, shows you, like, man, these guys are really just throwing darts at the board. Like, they just can't. I, I think they do have a special player in Devontae Smith, but I, I essentially believe, like, I believe that Williams would just slide into Rager's role and supplant him, and, and the Eagles were, would either be looking to cut Rager in his second season or, or trade him for you know at least a lower-level draft pick, if that. So, I, I mean, I, I still think the, the Eagles, you know, they still have a lot of draft picks, and so they can afford to go wide receiver in the first round. 
Um, and if it doesn't work out, then it, then it doesn't work out. But they still have a lot of a lot of picks to to work with here. So um, you might as well take a shot on one of the electric playmakers at the top of the draft. Mm-hmm. Of course, something that can change and throw a whole wrench into this is if the 49ers trade Debo Samuel. Uh, maybe he's I, I still think he's going to be a New York Jet when it's all said and done. I would be. I don't get why the Jets would want to trade the 10th pick for Debo, uh, especially when they offered far less to go get Tyreek Hill. But that could throw a wrench into everyone's plans. Um, With that said, at 16, we still have the Seahawks trade back that I projected they would do. They go back, take Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. He just seems like a Seahawk Colts. Trevor Penning, Northern Iowa, just seems like a Seahawk. He's Um, nasty, man. He is underrated. He is someone who I have, like, I think the Chargers come away with one of three players in the first round. Jamison Williams, Trevor Penning, or the guy I had them taking at 17, Trent McDuffie, the cornerback from Washington. So those three picks to me, Williams, Penning, McDuffie, it kind of, like, I I could rotate through them. Like, I I really, really could. Like, I can Mm -hmm. make up. Like, I could say any of those three players go to Philly. I could say any of those three players go to L.A. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty dead set on Seattle taking an offensive tackle or a cornerback. The right edge rusher is there, perhaps. But overall, I think those are my 15 through 17. A lot easier to project in the first uh, few picks before that, especially at the end of the top 10. So those are the first 17 picks. Uh, real quick, before we continue on with the second half of our live episode of the Breakout Football Podcast, Got to do a little ad read. Uh, Link me, L-I-N-K-M-E. It is the premier social networking app. It's one of the fastest growing apps in the world. And not only can you share and shout your thoughts, but it is the link sharing app. You can have all your content on one page. Have somebody take their phone, scan the QR code that goes with your page. And then voila, you have access to all of their content. That's Link Me, L-I-N-K-M-E. Niners Analyst sent me two roses. That's awesome. Appreciate you, Niners Analyst. We we were talking about Debo. I don't know if you have any other thoughts to add about Debo possibly getting traded, Cole, possible fantasy implications. Is he going to even be as good? what, What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, by the time we recorded our last episode, we were kind of expecting a little bit move, a little bit more movement on the Debo Samuel front, and instead we got you know John Lynch coming out and saying you don't just trade players like like Debo Samuel and still envisioning him as part of their future. So it kind of seems like the Debo Samuel trade hype has has died down. There's also the video of him in the nightclub and uh, the, the bouncing you know neon. <laughs> as Devo Samuel staying with the Niners and he's just laughing at it. Uh, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, it was pretty funny and it was pretty funny that Devo Samuel was in the same nightclub as that sign. So it might all just be a coincidence. It might just be Devo Samuel laughing at the hilarity of it all. It could also mean like those are his true intentions. Like he, he doesn't believe that. And um, he, he was, he wants a new, a new destination. I don't know what to believe right now. All I know is that Devo Samuel wants to get paid and, uh, I, I expect that to happen over these next few months. He wants to get paid as a wide receiver. Let's not forget that. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Receiver. Uh, 18, I have the Philadelphia Eagles going George Karloftis, edge from Purdue. I think 
I think they could take Devin Lloyd there. Um, I think if they could take a cornerback there, if they really like one, um, I really think it comes down to one of those four positions, edge, wide receiver, cornerback, linebacker. Um, so that rounds out their second of the first round picks. Uh, the Saints, fantasy implication here, did not change this from the TDN mock draft. Chris Olave, Ohio State. And tell me if I'm wrong, but that may be my favorite fit of the first round wide receiver so far. We, I gave Drake London to the Jets at 10. Garrett Wilson to the Commanders at 11. Jamison Williams to the Eagles at 15. And now Chris Olave to the Saints at 19. I love that. I totally love that. What about you? Yeah, I like all the fits. And I think I said on last episode that Olave reminds me a lot of Brandon Cooks. And, you you know, you would expect a little less competition between Michael Thomas and Chris Olave than there was between Michael Thomas and Brandon Cooks since they're both, you know, Ohio State alum. You might be a little bit more of a fraternity there instead of competing for targets and competing for catches. And you would hope, you know, Michael Thomas is a little bit more uh, matured <laughs> now that he's a veteran in, in this league and uh, broken, you know, NFL records. So I really do like this fit. I think Michael Thomas has been, you know, the biggest uh you know, Thorn and, and the Saints side and, and just commanding every single target in the offense. And they can afford to, to spread the ball out and explore, you know, other approaches to the offense that isn't just throwing Michael Thomas over the middle, you know, pretty much every play and, and to move the chains. So I like Olave as a as a yards after catch guy, as a vertical threat, um, a guy who can he can really make people miss in space. So the Saints and Olave, great fit. Mm. Still running through the first round of my NFL mock draft for tomorrow's draft. You know, looking at the next few picks, really not a lot of uh, fantasy implication I have for them. I'll kind of run, I'll kind of name all six of them. And then any thoughts that you have on any of them, like feel free to name. Uh, I have the Texans in the trade back. I think they go defense all first round. I have them going Devontae Wyatt. I think that may actually be higher than most people project. Uh, 21 Patriots. Originally, I gave them Devin Lloyd. But I changed it to Zion Johnson of Boston College, the versatile offensive lineman. That could help uh, their running back situation a little bit, maybe even Mac Jones. 22 Packers. I've been, this is, that is the pick that for whatever reason I've been struggling with the most because we know how off the wall Green Bay can get with their first round picks. But I ultimately settled on Devin Lloyd from Utah, the linebacker, that he could play inside with a shadowing outside a little bit. I think their scheme kind of allows him to fit there. No fantasy implication, but that could be a pick that I think Green Bay makes. Uh, 23 Cardinals. I've just been stuck on them going cornerback through this entire draft process. They were supposed to to go cornerback last year, and they took a linebacker for the second year in a row. So I, I like Andrew Booth a lot right here. Yeah, who who they take last year? Why, why am I blanking on that? Oh, um, Zayvon Collins. And then the year before that, they took Isaiah Simmons. Who you could argue that neither of them are even true linebackers. Like it's kind of right. weird. Right. So giving them Andrew Booth, uh, Clary Elam, just in my head, seems like an Arizona Cardinal, but that that fit, I don't really like that fit as well because Elam thrives better in zone coverage, and the Cardinals love to play man coverage in Vance Joseph's defense. Uh, Cowboys. Cowboys another team that could throw a wrench into everyone's plans, but I have them sticking with interior <clears throat> interior offensive line, Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. Yeah, I like uh, then, that a lot. Yeah, and then my favorite, I think, fit of the entire back half of the second round, uh, Bills, Kair Elam 
cornerback mm-hmm. from my uh, University of Florida. So those <laughs> were those kind of six picks. Uh, Aiden in the chat says, I don't think Packers will go wide receiver either. Aiden, remember, they still got another pick coming up. And he says, hot take, Kyler Gordon sneaks into round one, Cardinals maybe. I think Kyler Gordon can totally go in round one. Uh, so off those six picks alone, any, any thoughts, any reactions to that? So just going back to the Cardinals, Steve Kime is a very uh, impress me with pop-out plays type of, of, you know, GM, right? Like whichever player he is just absolutely drooling over in the draft process, he is going to go out and get in the first round because that's just the type of general manager and drafter Steve Kime is. So Andrew Booth has pretty much some of the most spectacular ball skills in this draft. And I feel like Steve Kime will just be absolutely salivating over like all the acrobatic pass breakups, the one-handed interceptions. So that's why I love Andrew Booth to the Cardinals, because it seems like if Steve Kime finally goes in the best interest of the Cardinals and drafts a cornerback to combat all of those <laughs> NFC West receivers, he's going to go with the one that he at least enjoys watching, and that's going to be Andrew Booth. So yeah. I really like that fit. Kenyon Green was my first watch of the draft process and I was like that was mostly because I put off watching all the offensive linemen for the skill position players and I was like no this year is different I'm going to start with an offensive lineman this Kenyon Green dude seems pretty good pretty versatile he played the three games I watched he played three different positions on the offensive line but that dude is is mean he's powerful he's hardly ever caught out of his stance um you know all of his power comes from the ground up and I thought I was really impressed with how he leverages his hands so um, obviously, the Cowboys are replacing some some aging pieces on the offensive line, and Kenyon Green, I feel like, would slide in really well at that guard spot. And then you yeah. know how I feel, Kyrie Lamb. Like he's he's the he's the cornerback too in this draft, and pairing him with Tre'Davious White, um, another lengthy corner, a, a bigger corner as well. I think that would be a great one-two punch in the secondary for the Bills. Mm, all right, nice. I'm glad we're in unison about those. Makes me feel better about the mock draft. Uh, and when, when I'm done, I'll run through all the picks one more time, just real quick, so we can, any more thoughts, any people in the comments, it's the first time we've ever done this live on TikTok right now, so I already see some comments coming in. The Titans got so screwed in this scenario, because I, I was like, oh, they gotta go Kenyon Green, they gotta go Zion Johnson. Originally, a couple months ago, I had him going on uh, Devin Lloyd, and people were like, why the hell would you do that? I don't think they go wide receiver. I don't think they value it as much as people think, especially with the depth of the class. I have him going Tyler Smith. He played tackle at Tulsa, but I think he's going to be a developmental guard at the next level. And you can make an argument that offensive line for Tennessee is their biggest need. And it's clearly so important with how run heavy their offense is. Uh, Aiden asked me though, if, if do I buy the Titans wanting a quarterback? I did consider giving them Desmond Ritter. I do think they think they're in a win-now position. However, I also have them going to get a quarterback at some point in this draft. But Tyler Smith, interior offensive lineman there. Uh, again, not too much fantasy implication. We're about to get some picks, though, that we'll have some for sure. Uh, the Bucks going Lewis Seen. I'm sure they'd love Devontae Wyatt, the interior defensive lineman from Georgia. But Seen's been gaining some steam in Tampa Bay circle, so I think they go him. Finally, Aiden said he doesn't think Packers will go wide receiver, but I was at 22. They got 28, and at 28, I have the Packers going wide receiver, but I changed the player. Do you think you can guess the player? Because I originally, my mock draft I published on Monday, 
had them going George Pickens from Georgia. I now have them going a different route. I'm going back to the receiver who I projected for them for a while now. You guess you know who that is? For a while now? Let's see. Who, who is still on the board? I'm trying to think. Aiden said Burks, question mark. It's not yeah. Burks. I, I, I really like Burks there, but I feel like Rodgers at this point in his career doesn't want to develop another wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell that's, you. That's just my gut feeling here. Mm-hmm. A sliver of me wanted to go Christian Watson, but instead I went with Jahan Dotson, my boy. My boy from Penn State. Uh, so I have them going there, and immediately – like, that's rookie wide receiver one for me, right? Because you – not only do you lose Devontae Adams, you just don't have any reliable pass catchers there anymore, at least in the receiver room. Uh, so, whoever the Packers draft, to me, is the rookie receiver I am targeting, like, 100%. So, I, I, do you agree with that, or are you still a little reserved about who that could be based on this projection that the Packers do take Dotson? Yeah, I mean, based on situation, like, you wouldn't – want to have any other quarterback throwing you the ball than Aaron Rodgers, like one of the most wide receiver friendly quarterbacks uh, in fantasy history. So yeah, I really like that fit. Uh, I really like the, like the fantasy projection just based off, off of the offense. And when the Packers are taking a wide receiver in the first round, like they're, they're not just going to leave him on the bench. Like this guy's going to be involved immediately. He's expected to mature and be part of the, be, be a focal part of the offense pretty early on. Um, and I think Jahan Dotson, like um, through his four years at Penn State, um, really proved that he could, you know, be a number one threat for, for the offense and also, you know, provide some explosive play potential, which I think what is what the Packers are looking for now with so many weapons going to other places. Still rolling on our first ever live episode of the Breakout Football Podcast. I'm at Zach Cohen FB. That is at Ham Analysis. Uh, Aiden did bring up Traylon Burks, and that's where I have him going next to another wide receiver needy team in Kansas City. I don't know if it, I, I don't think any of us specifically talked about Burks to Kansas City in our last episode, but was it you who said you you thought Burks to San Francisco would be a good fit, right? Hmm. Yeah, I did in the last episode um, with um, uh, who was it? Our our Hutchinson boy Brown. Young Mind. Yes, on yep. on uh, on TikTok. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I just think if they're going to trade Debo, they might as well groom his replacement. That's going to be Traylon Burks, who I feel like um, was a little bit like Debo coming out. You know, wasn't the wasn't the best like route runner, but he had size, he had speed, and um, you know he could be upright and or stay upright and take all the hit, all the necessary hits that the NFL provides. So that's why I like Burks to the, to the Niners a lot. What about Burks to the chiefs? Because they also have a hole. I know they added Jew, Jew Smith shoes, and they added Marquez Valdez scant. Like I'm not sold on any of those guys as number one options. I think Burks is versatility and just a size speed combo would be so dangerous with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like Burks would find a mentor in, in Travis Kelsey more than any other receiver. I just don't think any of the receivers in Kansas City's room look like Burks or like even in past years have looked like Burks. So I, I see kind of Burks as playing like the hybrid wide receiver tight end role that Travis Kelsey kind of does. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty darn juicy. And again, for everyone watching this right now, this episode will be up on all podcast platforms 
within the hour, maybe, depending on when we end. We're coming up on our last couple of picks here, and we get to some comments as well. So if you have any comments, please drop them below. Up at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. It'll all be there to break out football podcast. Um, the last three picks, Chiefs. Daxton Hill, defensive back, Michigan. I think they might, they're definitely going to add a receiver in the first round. Uh, but after that, I don't know. I think Hill makes most sense to me. Bengals, I have going Tyler Linderbaum, the sender from Iowa. I just couldn't put it past him. Maybe this is where Kyler Gordon, the cornerback, goes, but I gave him Linderbaum the center. And then the last pick in the draft, same from my mock draft, I have the Lions trading out to Washington, who then takes quarterback Kenny Pickett. So right there, that's the whole mock draft. Cole, give a few thoughts, and I'll run through the whole mock draft again if you missed any of those picks. But right away, any any thoughts on Linderbaum or the Pickett trade? Yeah, so you only you only think two quarterbacks are going first round then. Yeah, I do. So, a lot, yeah, a lot of, like, analysts, they're like, we could expect three or four quarterbacks. Like, they're expecting a run on the quarterbacks, so – and honestly, you kind of build your draft around where the quarterbacks are going to go. So I think that's a very interesting take, um, especially against, you know, all the draft pundits that think, you know, Ritter's a first-round pick, Corral will somehow sneak in at the end of the first round. So I, I like this because it's all skill position players. It's all players that can benefit fantasy, um, you know, immediately, I feel like, or at least has a chance to. So I, I like this mock draft a lot. It's flavorful for sure. Thanks. So we know that means it's going to be all completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, especially, yeah. especially this year with all the uncertainty surrounding the draft. Um, yeah, I do think as I scroll up to the top of the mock draft, get ready to, to read it. I do think teams are going to fall in love with the upside that like Ritter, Matt Corral has. I don't really see it in Sam Howell or Carson Strong, to be honest. But at the same time, I think they know like you need a proper structure around him. And there are so many teams that have one of two things that are missing one of two things. One, they don't have that structure. Like Washington, like they might think they could win now, uh, especially in the NFC East. Uh, but for the most part, they've never really been good at developing quarterbacks with similar regimes. So it comes down to whether these teams, one, think they have the proper structure around them to develop a quarterback, or two, the proper regime to pinpoint the right quarterback. Because oftentimes, you see new regimes come in, tie themselves to young quarterbacks, uh, like like the Bills did Josh Allen a few years ago, like the Browns did with Baker Mayfield. But the Browns, at least had that regime in place for a little bit longer. So they, it just, like, didn't really work out. It wasn't a f- good fit. Whereas the Bills, you have something younger, you have something more new that you can help build up, not just building up your quarterback, but you're building up a whole new organization. You could call that Atlanta. Um, you can call that I – don't, I don't know. I don't know. I guess my point is that, like, I don't think Seattle's at a point where they really trust – Well, they – where they don't really think they have they need one, um, despite the fact that they just had success with Russell Wilson. So at least you know like you could possibly pinpoint the right guy. Uh, but I just don't think they think that they are in that spot to draft a quarterback. Uh, I think the six teams that take a quarterback in the first three to four rounds, uh, Colts, Commanders, Steelers, Panthers, and Titans. I don't mm-hmm. think the Seahawks, I don't think the Falcons take one. Uh, although yep. they could, and if I am the Falcons, I would definitely entertain taking one on day two. I know Aiden said he's a fan of that, and he's still in the chat right now too. So mm. those are my thoughts. 
Amon, you and any, any other additional thoughts on the quarterbacks before I run through the whole mock real quick one more time? Yeah, no, I don't think they're, they're going to be as much that go as early as people think. I think there's just too much talent at other positions to pass up, especially when all these quarterbacks seem like dart throws. So, you know, I think two to three in the first round, and then, you know, the rest, like Strong, Corral, um, all of those will be parsed out over the next few days of the draft. So I, I agree with you. There's just there's too much talent at other positions to pass mm-hmm. up. Uh, Duh, Kalen, who sent me three roses. That's awesome. Said thoughts on Seattle trading up to seven. I, I think they're in a good enough position where they don't really need to move up. Uh, they could just take the best player available or the best player on their board, uh, especially with like the drop off in talent after like the first four or five guys. Um, Aiden says our GM. He's a Falcons fan. So Terry Fontenot said, we will leave the draft with a quarterback. I just hope we don't take Willis at eight or any quarterback at eight. Again, I think Atlanta realizes they're more than a quarterback away. They can keep Mariota as a Band-Aid option and just go best player available probably on the defensive side. So real quick, here is the full mock draft again. Just my predictions. It's different from the one I published at the Draft Network on Monday. Uh, Jaguars, Trayvon Walker, the edge from Georgia. Lions, Aiden Hutchinson. Texans, Derek Stingley Jr. The Jets, Jermaine Johnson, the edge from FSU. Giants, Evan Neal, the offensive lineman from Alabama. Panthers, Egan McQuanu, OT from NC State. Giants, Sauce Gardner, cornerback Cincinnati. Falcons, Kayvon Thibodeau, edge Oregon. Saints trade up to get Charles Cross, OT Mississippi State. The Jets, Drake London, wide receiver USC. Washington, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State. Vikings, Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. Have the Steelers <clears throat> trading up and drafting Malik Willis, quarterback from Liberty. Uh, the Ravens taking Jordan Davis, the defensive lineman from Georgia. Eagles going Jamison Williams, wide receiver from Alabama. Seahawks in the trade down get Trevor Penning, the OT from Northern Iowa. Chargers, Trent McDuffie, the CB from Washington. Eagles go George Karloftis, edge Purdue. Uh, at 19, the Saints. Chris Olave, wide receiver, Ohio State. 20 in a trade down with the Steelers. The Texans take Devontae Wyatt, the IDL from Georgia. 21, the Patriots, Zion Johnson, the IOL from Boston College. 22, Green Bay, Devin Lloyd, linebacker, Utah. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, Andrew Booth, cornerback, Clemson. 24, Dallas, Kenyon Green, uh, guard from AM. The Bills at 25 go, my guy, Kair Elam, cornerback, Florida. Your guy, too, I guess. Uh, the Titans, Tyler Smith, the interior offensive line prospect. From Tulsa, 27, Tampa Bay, Lewis Seen, the safety from Georgia. 28, Green Bay, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. Another receiver goes 29 in my mock draft. The Chiefs, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. 30, Chiefs, Daxton Hill, defensive back from Michigan. 31, Bengals, Tyler Linderbaum, center, Iowa. And 32, Washington trades up with Detroit, Kenny Pickett, quarterback, Pittsburgh. I, I think there's a better chance Pickett goes 32 than the Lions pick at 32. Let me just put that out there. Uh, But that is my full mock draft. Any final thoughts? Any final questions we got going on here, Cole? What what, what are we thinking right now? No, just uh, like some of your favorite picks. I think think Burks to the Chiefs is really interesting. Um, Williams to the Eagles, too, just mainly because of the – just success of or lack of, I guess, lack of success with the Eagles drafting wide receivers. They would be picking their third in a row. Um, Kenyon Green with the Cowboys is a is a really great fit. Probably one of the best fits of the draft, <laughs> along with the Saints and Chris Olave. So those are the picks that stand out to me the most. 
Nicholas asks, how are the Packers not taking Traylon Burks in 22 or 28 and take Jahan Dotson? There was some uh, reports out there that Burks hasn't been interviewing well. He's got some off-field character concerns. I'm not obviously saying those are true. It's just that could mean some teams have taken him off their board entirely or dropped him low enough. And honestly, it's a gut feeling. Like, I don't think I – mean, I think we, we all know the Packers need a wide receiver, but, like, I don't know. I don't think they take Burks. I mean, they could. They easily could, but something about it just doesn't scream uh, Green Bay Packers to me. I think they could stick with Jahan Dotson. Uh, so obviously a lot of fantasy implication for that. Not so much um, in normal drafts, obviously. No running backs, no tight ends. I don't think we really expect any tight ends to make an impact immediately. Uh, but that's that's the whole mock draft, and this was this was pretty fun, man. And next week we'll come back on. Uh, probably do a normal episode. They're not live on TikTok, but if you want to follow me, hopefully you already are, but you definitely should follow my man Cole right here in this little box in a corner at Ham Analysis on all social media, H-A-M-A-N-A-L-Y-S-I-S. Next week, we're recapping the whole draft from a fantasy football perspective, something that could be fresh all summer long, our favorite picks, our least favorite picks. Maybe we'll get a guest. Who knows? Um, but yeah, this has been a live episode of the Breakout Football Podcast sponsored by Link Me here on the Believe Network. Cole, any uh, parting thoughts before we uh, kick everybody out of here? Yeah, no, I, I like your mock a lot. I think it's a different perspective, mostly because of the, the quarterbacks, and you expect not as many to go in the first round. And like I said, the, the quarterbacks really impact how you build your draft. And so I thought, you know, your draft – it's a lot more flavorful than a lot of others that have their quarterbacks in the first round. So um, other thing, shouts to Adam Brenneman in the chat, former tight ends coach at Arizona state. You have a great show going on. I tune into all your clips. So glad you, wow. glad you tuned in. He says Pickett at number six. So he's going against, against the grain. He doesn't think Pickett is going to be picked at the end of the first round more towards the top. So I guess we'll see how it plans out on draft day. Wow. I, I, you know, for the longest time, I thought there was going to be Kenny Pickett or Charles Cross. At six, I had to got them going Ika McQuanu. I wouldn't be surprised. There's something about it seems to me like I think Carolina is just going to give up, go veteran, and not sacrifice any future picks, especially with Scott Fitterer just not wanting to tie himself to a young quarterback, whereas Matt Rule is probably more so on the way out than Fitterer is. Um, that's a good point, though. Definitely a, definitely a good point. <laughs> Aiden says, I have bigger hands than Pickett. Kind of concerning. Jeez, hey, Aiden, uh, some teams could use a quarterback, man, if you're available. <laughs> wow. This is going to be a fun draft. Hopefully you guys all follow us on all platforms. This has been the Breakout Football Podcast, first ever live episode of Believe Network, sponsored by League Me. I'm Zach Cohen of the Draft Network. This is Cole Top of Chargers Wire. Send us home, big fella. Yep, stay locked, everybody. Thursday is going to be crazy. And, you know, don't forget about there's two more days of the draft. It isn't just the first round. So your team can still um, draft, you know, quality players in the next few days. So make sure you don't just tune into, the, tune into Thursday, tune into the rest of the days as well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.